This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. So Tim and his family just returned from a five-night cruise aboard Carnival Valor. It was a Western Caribbean cruise out of New Orleans, and Tim joins us on the line to talk all about it. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited to hear about Carnival Valor. I don't think we've had a review on this ship in uh, at least, I think, since the shutdown happened. So uh, excited to talk about this. Before we get to the ship itself, we'll take a step back, as we always do. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this five-nighter on Carnival Valor out of New Orleans? Because you're up in the Ohio area. Right. I used to travel down to New Orleans on business way back in the 90s, and then I became a school teacher. And it's a city I, I really loved. And I wanted to always go back there and sail out of there because I would see cruise ships calling there back then. And I think, you know, someday I'm going to do that. And we're getting a family cruise together for 2020. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. We kicked it down to 2021. That still didn't happen. So finally in 2022, we were able to uh, travel down to New Orleans and uh, hop on the Carnival Valor. Very good. So you make your way down to the New Orleans area. What did you do pre-cruise down there? So we flew in on Saturday. The cruise left on uh, Monday. So we get in there kind of after dinner time, and we walked around the French Quarter. It was me, my wife, and my two stepdaughters. They were not a big fan of Bourbon Street. It was packed. So we walked around some of the other streets, made it to Jackson Square, saw that at night, which is really neat. Um, next day on Sunday, we ate breakfast at the Cafe Du Monde. You got to have your beignets mm-hmm. if you're going to go to New Orleans. We went to the original one there, walked around, saw all the artwork that's in around that square. Later the night, we took a, a ghost tour, um, which was kind of neat. Stopped at a cemetery and, and saw about you know, all the customs that associated with, you know, when someone passes away down in New Orleans and burials and all that. It's very neat, very interesting to, uh, to hear that and how things are a lot different in that part of the, the United States than probably anywhere else. And then Monday morning, we took the lift to the, to the cruise port. Were y'all close to the pier or the downtown area in your hotel? Yeah, we stayed at the, the Doubletree, which is right off Canal Street, right by Harrah's mm-hmm. the casino there. Yeah. We might have been a mile from the, the cruise terminal. Not enough to walk, but short enough that, you know, a quick lift ride was all we needed to get down there. Most of the time where we stayed right there by Harris, we did walk to the French quarter. You know, we did a lot of, you know, walking in and around there. Cause you know, we were close to, to the downtown area. Very cool. So you go to board carnival valor. How was the embarkation process? And I know carnival is using Verifly. So when you use Verifly and you actually get to the pier, you preload your documents, assuming you did that. Um, do they also check your documents as well physically, or is everything just in Verifly and you're good to go? We gave them our phones that had the Verifly on it, and that was really the, the most nerve-wracking part was when we left on Saturday. That's the day the girls tested because they were uh, younger, uh, and they're not boosted. Me and my wife did it on Friday. They did it before we left for the airport, but... You get all that stuff, you put into Verify, we hand them the phones. We did hand our other documents. I don't think they really looked at our passports at all. Everything's just in Verify, and they were scrolling through that. And, you know, we moved on from there to, you know, security and and checking in and and all that. The one thing that I noticed, because I saw other people's boarding passes, 
Carnival was not adhering to check-in times. We had an 11 o'clock check-in time and just kind of going, you know, through the switchbacks, you know, waiting to go talk to somebody, you know, with the Verify app and all that. I saw noon, 1.30 on people's boarding passes. So they really weren't checking that and only saying, oh, it's 11 o'clock, you can come in, you know. So Carnival... That's that's loaded down a little bit, but really not much. Carnival or your fellow cruisers didn't abide by the check-in time. Right, (laughs) right. In all, from curb to the buffet was about 40 minutes. So it really wasn't that long. And that, the one thing that impressed me once we got on, they said, hey, you know, go up to deck. I think we got in, came in on deck four. Or whatever deck we came in, we had to go up one deck to our mustard station. So they kind of pushed you right to do the mustard station as soon as you got on board. So we did that. And like I said, from the time we got out of the lift, the time we were sitting at the buffet was about 40 minutes. Okay. Not too bad considering everything. So you make your way on board Carnival Valor. What were your first impressions before you headed up to Lido? So it was great to be back on a ship. Uh, it was the, was the big thing. The atrium was beautiful. Uh, a lot of red, white, and blue. Uh, if you've been on there, the tiles, red, white, and blue, kind of looking like flags in the tile. So it was a good first impression right off the bat. If you wanted to stop, there's a bar right there. You could get your first drink of the cruise if you wanted. We just went ahead, uh, got our, our mustard drill out of the way, and then you know headed up to the marketplace, sat down, and had, had lunch. The ship came out in 20, gosh, what was it, 2004. So it's 18 years old at this point. I believe Katie Couric is the godmother of this one. Is the, yeah. Did the ship actually feel... 18 years old or feel dated or did they do a good job or have they done a good job upkeeping it? You would not guess that it was 18 years old. Everything looked like it was, you had just come out of dry dock recently to me anyways. I mean, I really didn't, you know, about the only thing we we noticed is there was one little tear in our, our couch in our stateroom. I mean, that was about it. Uh, Everything else, you know, did, I mean, looked great. Was your whole family in the same stateroom? No. Originally in 2020, we were going to have four staterooms mm-hmm. because uh, my kids uh, would have joined us on that. But they now two years later, they had other things going on. So originally four interior cabins became two balcony cabins. Okay, very cool. So let's talk about the staterooms then. You go, you have the balcony cabins, uh, two of them for the five night cruise. What was the general consensus? Your thoughts, their thoughts over the five nights of these balcony staterooms? It's nice just to have that little place where you can go out in the fresh air and not be around anybody else. I know the girls spent some time out there on the sea days, just you know, enjoying the sea and, and talking and, and in, enjoying you know, each other's company. So that was nice. I enjoyed it. My wife wasn't feeling 100% as we, as we left New Orleans. So she was able to you know, sit down or lay down on the, on the bed, and I was out on the, the um balcony because when you leave new orleans you have about eight to ten hours until you hit the gulf of mexico and you pass you know oil refineries and uh, grain silos and and little towns you know dotted along the way as you go down the mississippi and i mean you're also going to see other ships you know passing you you know closer than you've probably ever been to another ship while you were on a cruise ship so that was a neat experience so having a balcony was something that, you know, when we realized not everybody was going, I'm like, well, let's just go ahead and 
put us in balconies rather than you know having an interior stateroom. Isn't it cool, though, going down the Mississippi? It's like the Autobahn when those ships start passing each other. Like one ship wants to overtake someone, and so a container ship will go over, and the cruise ship will pass them, and they get so close, or two ships cutting the corner at the same time, and you think they're going to hit, but they're not going to because they have pilots on board. But like you were saying, it's just an amazing sight, those eight to ten hours you know, coming in or going out of the Mississippi. Right, and you know, we were close enough that you could you know, yell – at the other ship because most of the people on the container ship or the, the oil ship, they'll come out on the deck or up in the wheelhouse up there. And, you know, you're waving and yelling hello and all that, and they'll yell back at you so you can actually hear them. Right. And so that was, like I said, it was really a unique experience. That's what I wanted to do when I went out of New Orleans. Like, let's go out of New Orleans instead of Florida or something like that. We're in, you know, you, you leave the, the, the dock and, you know, 10 minutes you're in the Gulf or in the Atlantic or something like that here. It's you got eight hours. Now, one interesting thing is while you're on the Mississippi, they will charge you tax mm-hmm. on any purchases. And I don't know exactly when all the, the stores opened and everything, but if you got a drink, not only was it the drink price, your gratuity, then it was state tax on top of that. Yeah. So uh, anytime you got a drink, you, you got that until, you know, it was after midnight, you know, the next day we were out in, in the Gulf and everything was, the stores were open and you, you know, didn't have to pay, you know, that sales tax. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the dining on this five night cruise. We'll start at the top at the Lido deck area where we have the buffet, the burger joint, the tacos and all of that. So how was the buffet? Buffet was just as we remembered when we were on Carnival Conquest in 2017 a good food, wide variety. Uh, we didn't eat there a lot because Guy's Burgers is on board. And mm-hmm. if, it, if you have Guy's Burgers, you might as well have lunch there. I mean, that's the, my wife ate there every day. I think I ate there most days, but some days I would go over to Blue Iguana and get a taco or a burrito there. So your options are, are you have quite a few options on board, you know, for a lunch Guy's Burger, I think, is open till 6, so it's a little bit later than the Blue Iguana. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those options instead of going to the buffet. But if you go to the buffet, you're going to have that you know, wide variety of everything. Um, if you want need a dessert or something like that, you can get the, hit the buffet for that. Very good. So let's talk about the main dining room. What time dining did you have, and how was your experience there? So we liked the late dining, uh, so we did that on this one here. So I think we ate at 8.15. We like that because if you come in from a port day, you're not rushed to go right to dinner. So we like uh, like the late seating. We ate there all five nights. Uh, incredible wait staff. Uh, my youngest stepdaughter took one year of Spanish in her freshman year, and our assistant waiter would talk to her in Spanish and help her order in Spanish. And mm-hmm. it was just you know one of those things that. When you go on a cruise ship, that's something that you'd like to to have that experience where you get to know your wait staff, they get to know you, and you have that good interaction with them. So, yeah, my my youngest stepdaughter, she was uh, would look at the menu and figure out what it would be in Spanish, and order in Spanish, and then he would help her if she mispronounced something or she wasn't sure what you know an item was. So it was very cool, very nice to have that personal touch with the wait staff. Yeah. The food was as good as any 
we've had on on other carnival ships or we've been on royal as well you know it was good and everybody had you know the famous lava cake for dessert very good i know a lot of ships have been experiencing staffing issues over the past few months uh how has it been or how was it i should ask um as far as like the speed of the service and everything given the staffing issues fleet-wide i would say we didn't notice it mm-hmm. we didn't wait you know super long for anything any food to come out or anything like that uh and again, we would eat and then go to the later shows or the comedy. So we were never rushed either. So it really didn't didn't make a, a I don't say make a difference, but you know it it didn't matter if they were you know a little slow. If they were, like I said, it, it felt like it was normal. Okay, just curious about that. Let's talk about the entertainment on this five night cruise. How was it for you and the family? So we hit most of the shows, uh, the production shows which were fine, very enjoyable, you know, all the popular type of, you know, rock show and, and, you know, those kind of things. And that was in the main theater a lot. The wife and I hit the comedians up. Uh, Most nights we hit that. That was great. Love and marriage show. If you're on a ship that has it, make sure you go to it. That is hilarious. It was one of those things that you have to go to if you're, if you're on a ship and they have marriage, love and marriage, and make sure you go to it. Make sure you go a little earlier so while they're picking the, the contestants, because sometimes they will have them do things to see who gets to go and be on the show. Uh, so if you go a little bit earlier, you might get to see some of that, which is pretty neat, and you see who's going to compete for that. So that was, that was really great, um, hysterical. The cruise director... Um, and I forget his name, but you know he was great being the, the MC for it, and it was very enjoyable. I did not see uh, anything like the Quest or anything like that on this sh- this ship. I don't know if they haven't brought it back, uh, or why they haven't brought it back, or if they just don't offer it on a on a shorter cruise. The one thing that we we missed out on was the guy at the piano bar. We hit him the last night on their fabulous uh, piano player. Worked with you know the crowd and everybody just was having a great time there. So the entertainment on board was you know probably one of the best we've had on any any cruise ship we've been on. Now, have you ever stepped up and tried to get into or be a contestant on the Love and Marriage show? I have not. No, the wife and I we've been married. Let's see, this is going to be eight years. So we're we're not newlyweds, and so we'd be in that middle category. And then some of the things they have them do. I don't think that I would garner the crowd support to get voted on there. Maybe, <laughs> you know, down the line when we're a little bit more seasoned cruisers, we can be the older couple on there and they can make fun of us and all that kind of stuff. And not with the kids. <laughs> right. Not with the kids. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about the sea days on board this five night sailing. How were they as far as crowds and congestion? Well, no matter whether it was a port day or a sea day, Guy's Burger always had a line. So if you were going to get, get Guy's Burgers, you were going to wait. Um, the girl said the main pool deck was busy on sea days. Uh, we stayed kind of in the adult area. It was full, but it didn't feel like it was so overwhelming that you you know couldn't move when you were in the pool. So as far as that went, those were about the only things that we noticed as far as crowds and congestion, I did ask, and we were at almost 3,000 passengers on board. So we were pretty, the ship was close to 100% um, capacity. But it, again, it, it really didn't feel like 
everybody was at the same place at the same time. Are your stepdaughters at the age where they were in the teen club or are they a little older than that? So my oldest one, Taylor, is 20. And then my younger one, that's going to be a sophomore, she's 15, Jenna. And she went to the teen club, but they really didn't have a lot of activities or she didn't go to a lot of them. So that was kind of probably disappointing for her that she didn't get to do some of the things in there. But hanging out with her older sister, you know, probably was was worth it because Taylor's off at college all year. Don't get to see her until she comes home at Christmas and that kind of. So they got to spend that that time together, which was probably better than than spending time in the teen club. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the ports of call. You hit Cozumel and Progresso on this five nighter. Which one was first? Cozumel was first. So we went and did the uh, Dolphin Encounter at uh, Chuckanob Park there. Uh, again, this is something that we we got a really great deal, a Black Friday deal in 2019 for our cruise in 2020. And the, the, the park was really great accommodating us, moving it to 2021 and then moving it to 2022. So we had the Royal uh, Dolphin Swim. And so that means we got the, the dorsal pull and the foot push and, you know, kiss the dolphin and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, was just a bucket list item. The girls really wanted to do that. So we, we did that. All four of us participated in it. It's amazing. It's amazing what those, you know, dolphins can do on command. And, and you know, I'm not a, a small guy by any means. And two of those dolphins pushed my feet and got me to, you know, surf on the water, which was you know, just an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, what a great experience there. Did you uh, do any like local dining or anything? We did not. Our pass included foods and drink, food and drink there at the park, so we uh, ate there. So we didn't have any any local cuisine there. Gotcha. And then your next port of call was Progresso. I never hear much about this one. How was your day there? So we went through Carnival and got a uh, ruins and Meridia City tour. So it was an all-day tour. Matter of fact, we were like next to the last bus to get back to the ship. Uh, that's how you know long of a day it was. Um, so we went to some ruins. I think they were called Ishkembo ruins. And you know, our tour guide told us about living back in that time. And you know, we had about 45 minutes then to you know, take pictures and look around the grounds. And you know, again, it's just amazing to see how a culture lived back hundreds of years ago and uh, to see the, the way that they lived and the guys went out and did this and, you know, brought food back and the women, you know, did what they did to keep the house and, you know, all that. It was just very interesting to do. And then you can climb all the ruins and, and take all the pictures and having two daughters, they definitely filled up their cameras with, you know, all their poses on top of, you know, the pyramid structure and all that kind of stuff. So very cool. Very interesting. Then it was a bus ride to Meridia, which is the capital of the Yucatan Peninsula. Again, we had about 45 minutes. They dropped us off in the city uh, center there. Probably not long enough to really, you know, go and do a lot of shopping or a lot of sightseeing in and around that area. The vendors there were very pushy as soon as we got on the bus. I mean, they were like, buy this, buy this. You know, so that was kind of, you know, I know you get that at most ports and they rely on the, the tourist dollars, but you want to enjoy it. You don't want to be telling, you know, somebody no every five steps. 
Um, but we did, you know, get to see it around that area. And there's an old church that dates back, you know, hundreds of years. And it was just really interesting, again, to see a, a city in there that we would never go there on vacation, but we're on a cruise ship. I mean, it's like a land vacation. But we're on a cruise ship, so we're going to see that. So after about, again, about 45 minutes, we went to a local restaurant and had, you know, very authentic uh, food from that area, which was, to me, it was very tasty. My wife, she's kind of picky, didn't eat quite as much, but, you know, it was very unique to have this kind of cooking done, not just, you know, put some barbecue on some chicken and and, uh, Mm -hmm. hand it out type thing. So it was very neat to see that. I know my Jenna, the younger one will take that back when she goes talks to her Spanish teacher. You know, she'll say, "Hey, I, you know, I at this you know, authentic Mexican restaurant. This, you know, it's not cheat cheese or anything like that. This was a you know a true authentic Mexican restaurant." The only downside to the, that excursion was we spent a lot of time on buses, mm-hmm. and I think in the future, if we would ever go back there, uh, since we saw the ruins, you know, we'd figure out what's a good beach day. Progress was very unique because the pier is like four miles long because uh, oh, wow. they have to the ships have to be so far out so they have to shuttle you to the mainland and then you can go to the beaches or if you want to go into Progress of the city you can do that so we probably would do a, another a beach day or if there was a city tour where it just went to Meridia and you could spend more time you know shopping in there and looking around in the city but doing them both you know, it was all day and a lot of riding on a bus. So in Progresso, just so I'm clear, because I've never been there before, um, I don't think I've seen many photos, but when you dock there, are you in the middle of like an industrial complex where when you get off the ship, you're not right in the port area where the Diamonds International and all that is, you have to go a little away? So they do have all those shops right as soon as you get off and then you can take a shuttle down the pier, but it is industrial because the, the, that's where the ships have to go because that's where it's deep enough. But so they have this long pier that, you know, they just have, they'll shuttle you to the, like I said, the mainland. And if you want to go into Progresso or the beaches, you can do it from there. But yeah, you'll, you'll walk through all those shops. Carnival ships are only there maybe once or twice a week. And I think they said only one carnival ship is there at a time. So the port you know, it would never be super busy or anything like that. So that was, you know, as far as being a, uh, on vacation there and, and, you know, you weren't fighting 10,000 other tourists like you could in, in Cozumel when they have, you know, four or five ships. And yeah, that's definitely a plus. So you make your way back to new Orleans, I guess, coming back up the river, were you actually making your way there, uh, up the Mississippi before you went to bed that night? Yeah, as we were approaching getting ready for dinner, we could see some oil rigs. And again, that's just neat to see. You know, you're you're cruising along and and you see them and it's not just one or two. I mean, there's there's a bunch of them out there. Also, because we had a balcony, we saw dolphins as kind of as we got closer to the mouth of the Mississippi. I knew that we had entered that in when we were at dinner because I had the uh, uh we had the the pop package. We didn't get the ultimate the alcohol package. But at dinner, we got charged tax when we got our pop for dinner. So somewhere after eight o'clock or eight fifteen, we entered the Mississippi. They did announce that they were going to close down the duty free shop because obviously we were then going to be in the Mississippi. So that was closed down. I think the casino and all the other shops were open, but you were going to pay 
you know, sales tax on it, you know, probably sometime after eight o'clock that night before. So when we entered, I mean, it was, sun was going down when we were having dinner, but you started seeing, you know, signs of, of life, you know, as far as what was on the land, as you kind of started up the Mississippi and it was neat. Uh, the cruise TVs have, you know, where you are everywhere. And so you could see your little ship on the computer generated, you know, image of going up the Mississippi. So that was kind of neat kind of following that along. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool there. And plus you get, you get service on your cell phone too. So you're kind of, uh, you're slowly easing your way back into reality. Right. Yeah. Cell service isn't the best down that way. Cause there's not a lot of, sure. of towns and industry, but yeah, it was, it was nice to get that back and back to life and back to, okay, well, it's back to reality, check in for the flights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. So it comes around to the next morning, you're docked and ready to debark this ship. How was that process? So it was smooth. We, we had a, a noon flight, so we wanted to get off early. The only thing that really bothered me and was really weird is they shut down all the elevators except the forward elevators. So we were on deck seven. So any elevators that were going down had passengers from the upper floors. So they were all packed. So we made the decision we were going to carry our luggage down to deck five. And I guess that's where we must've got off and, you know, just went right off because we, like I said, we didn't want to wait for a number to be called because we were kind of concerned at a you know, noon flight. If anything got, um, anything got held up, you know, we weren't going to make that flight. But once we got into the, the building, they told us since my youngest had a passport card, we had to go in the line with the birth certificate. If all of us would have had passports, we would have been through that line in one minute. So gotcha. get your passport. And they did the facial thing and they were all gone while the rest of us were just going back and forth on the, you know, the switchbacks, waiting for our turn because it seemed like probably 75% of the ship just went and cruise with their birth certificate and didn't have a passport. So we had to wait. And then we get up to the agent and they said, Oh, you have a passport card. Oh, you could have gone in the other line. Well, that was different than what carnival had told us. Cause they said we had to go in the birth certificate line. Anyways, it didn't really matter from the time we entered that line until we were at the new Orleans airport, including the car ride was maybe an hour, hour and 10 minutes at the most. And we were there in plenty of time for our flight. Very good. Looking back, any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing from New Orleans or sailing Carnival Valor? Definitely go in early. I know everybody says that. Go in an extra day. You know, see New Orleans. It's so unique. Very unique city. There's there's plenty to see. Even if you do have younger ones, you don't have to go to Bourbon Street. There's still other things there uh, to do. Tip for Carnival Valor, we were on deck seven, and it was probably the best deck to be on because if you go up two decks, you're on deck nine. That's where the pool is. Go down deck down to uh, Dex, Dex 5. That's kind of the main thoroughfare where a lot of the shops are and everything. So you you don't have to wait on an elevator a lot. You can go up or down you know, two, two flights, which was really good. The other part was if you are going to go out of New Orleans, stay on the port side of the ship. Or if you're, gonna, if you're going to go out of there, be on the port side as you're leaving. You'll see the city. You'll see Jackson Square. You'll see you know, all of that. And then as you go down, that's quote unquote, the more interesting side of, of things to see. Um, so the port side is, is where you'd want to be to see those kind of things. If you're into, uh, into, you know, that kind of stuff when you're on a cruise ship. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of the cruise? The biggest highlight is going to be swim with the dolphins. 
like I said, those are, those are the things that the, the girls wanted to do. It's one of those things like, oh, it sounds like fun, all that, but they really wanted to do it, and I'm so glad that I did it. Yeah, it was you know kind of pricey, but if you can get a good deal around Black Friday, it seems like they have really good deals, do it. Yes, the photo package that they have there is expensive. Ours was like $265 for the four of us, so that's crazy expensive. But we knew that going in. We knew that you know, we set aside money because we knew that if you're going to do this, you have to get the pictures. I mean, those pictures of you know, two dolphins pushing you on the water is amazing, or the dolphin kissing you and those kind of things. That's right. something you're always going to have, and you know, the, those pictures are just, uh, you know, you have to have them. So that was the, the big highlight. That's what we, you know, when we looked at the, the ports that we were going to go to, that's what the girls you know, gravitated to and said, yeah, if we can swim with dolphins, let's do that. In closing, your final thoughts of Carnival Valor. Great ship. Would do it again for future cruises. For me, being a school teacher, can only cruise in you know, June, July, and August. Prices are a little bit higher, but you know, a ship that's not the latest and greatest generally have a great price point. Uh, so I would definitely look at her again going out of there. Maybe um, this time, you know, it seemed like all of them went to either uh, Cozumel and Progresso or Cozumel and Costa Maya. I think it was the other one. You know, we might do that one next time if, if, it, if that comes around, but it was just a, a fun ship. And I guess if you want to, want to lay back, you can lay back and do that. We wanted to make sure we, you know, weren't busy, busy, but saw the shows, saw the comedians and, uh, you know, they, they definitely did not lack in, in, you know, entertainment or keeping you busy while you were on, on the ship. We've been talking with Tim about his five-night cruise aboard Carnival Valor out of New Orleans over to the Western Caribbean. Tim, thank you so much for the time, my friend, and sharing this review. I sure appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me on, and uh, keep up the good work. I appreciate uh, you doing what you do, keeping us all informed, and then keeping me busy while I'm mowing my grass and I get to listen to your podcasts uh, every week. Very kind. The voice of the cruise industry since 2009. This is Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Oh. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.